0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. Um... This is the second time we've hit record in this episode. Still haven't thought of a clever intro. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
2: Hello, everybody. I've got nothing to add to that clever intro, and uh, I will roll it back to you.
1: (laughs) We're so good at this. We're (laughs) episode 33, and we're just... Stellar professionals. We are awful. We are joined this week, though, by one of our resident Houstonians. From Staking the Plains, Brian Don Carlos. Brian, thanks for joining us this week.
3: Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to finally make it on. Uh, I know we've had a couple of the other riders on, and you've gotten some viewership spikes, or listenership spikes. I know they're not viewers. So you've got the Labar bump, the Swanee swale. You've had the Youngman yump. And I'm happy to give you this week the Don Carlos dip. Oh, man. So apologies ahead of time.
1: But hold on, though. We're talking about dips this week. Oh. Segue. We we're we're just rolling right into this guys. So I teased this out yesterday on Twitter. We're gonna be talking about one of the hottest topics from this past weekend's US Open. Of course we're talking no, about No, not
2: that hot topic. This the other <laughs> The other hot topic. The other one.
1: <laughs> of course we're talking about appropriate dips for chicken strips. Right. Ooh, that's a good rhyme too.
2: Yeah, chicken dip mm-hmm. chicken dip strips. Is that is that good? Or did yeah, they get that backwards? I think we're good.
1: So if you haven't seen it, there is this abhorrent video of a woman <laughs> dipping a chicken strip into her coke. And the guy that captured the video is like, What am I witnessing?
2: But I c I told the guys before we started recording I couldn't even bring myself to watch it. I just thought it would ruin it would either ruin chicken strips or sodas for me forever. I just
3: well, that interaction is such a one-way street because all right so you you dip your chicken strip in the coke and then you eat it so that's great but who in the world is gonna take a drink of a coke with just fried batter just sitting in it and slowly disintegrating
2: I, I couldn't agree more that's all I was thinking it's, of the whole time it's backwash yeah well it's yeah. just it's chicken skin there's just Chicken no, skin it's not even chicken skin. It's just
1: batter bits. <laughs> it's yeah. just chunks of batter floating. It's going
2: to get like, soggy.
3: Like it's like one thing to put like peanuts in your coke or something like that. Yeah, like which is
2: I actually
4: pretty you good. Eat the peanuts afterwards.
2: Oh yeah, and and that those maintain their integrity throughout the process. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas whereas you don't know what a chunk of I don't know raisin canes <laughs> batter is going to look like. <laughs> In twenty minutes, when you're d- to the bottom of that Diet Coke,
3: maybe that's like some sort of like homeopathic, like East Coast remedy we've never heard of. Like you know, well, you could take some Alka Seltzer and put it in some water, or you could just put some of your dissolve some fried chicken in there, and that'll take care of your your migraine just like that.
2: Yeah, it's it's just a, uh, you know, it's one of the major essential oils. It's just chick- <laughs> chicken oil, chicken oil is what it is.
1: So this came about when I was looking for the video. I was going to show Smith. I don't know how it came up. It came up today at lunch. Um, I found the video, but it was attached to an article that was ranking chicken dips or dips for chicken strips. And first, it was just a complete garbage list of dips.
2: Did you look at the list, Brian, by chance?
3: Uh, Yeah, I've, I've got it up now, but I did look at it and spent a long time thinking about
1: that. <laughs> Too long because <laughs> way too long. So he's got he's got um 10 dips listed. So the the, the name of the article is dipping sauces for chicken fingers ranked, and it, of course it, it leads off with the video of the woman dipping her chicken into a giant vat of coke. It looks like because <gasps> it's See, light enough in color that it's definitely not Dr. Pepper.
2: There's no way, <laughs> there was no way I was gonna watch that.
1: Okay, so his list. In order, one honey mustard, two buffalo, three honey hot sauce. Never even heard of that one. Four barbecue, five sweet and sour, six ranch. Here's where it goes off the deep end, and it just seven mayonnaise, Uh, eight. That's so weird. Regular soda, nine diet soda, ten ketchup. So – Obviously, the two sodas were on there to knock ketchup down the list.
2: Yeah, the the sodas were there clearly for a joke, but but mayonnaise at seven seems just kind of snuck that in there like that's a legit thing that people do. They reach for the mayo.
3: The the mayonnaise even being on the list makes me think that he had some sort of interaction with mayonnaise and chicken strip at some point in his life. Like he's got some sort of skeleton in the closet,
1: or maybe Maybe mayonnaise kind of telling on himself. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say that maybe mayonnaise is just another thing to not catch up further down the list.
2: Oh, maybe I so. Maybe he's just try he tried too hard to get ketchup to ten.
1: Yeah, because yeah. six.
3: Look, he's already got the article. You already clicked on the article. He doesn't need to fluff out that list anymore. I've
1: I've, I've clicked on this article like three or four times today. Oh man, <laughs> I have to. <laughs> and I've watched that video two or three times. It's like oh, six seconds. It's not even that long.
3: I can't do it. The worst part is that's also like not just like a that's not like a coke out of like a bottle or a can that came out of like a like a soda fountain.
1: Yeah, so and so like it's And so like there's mixed no properly.
3: telling what that ratio of like carbonated water yeah. to syrup is. It's probably like really high water.
2: Well, and then there's the ice. I feel like the ice could knock oh. could could <laughs> knock more batter off Wait. and and just hold on. Make things worse.
3: I just thought about it. Why would you like a cold Coke sounds even worse to dip a chicken finger
1: in. Yeah, it's not a very good mix of hot and cold. There are some things where that works. Michael's got an autoplay video going on his, his laptop right now. Because
2: <laughs> I just
3: clicked the link. Because <laughs> he just
2: clicked I was like, I know exactly what website you're on on because it happened to me. So. Oh, my gosh. It just keeps rolling. It's like no matter what you do, you can't escape it.
1: So the one thing that I want to point out about this video, the young man, this boy that's with her, watches her dip her chicken strip into her Coke does not seem phased at all like this is a normal <laughs> thing for her
2: okay i'm watching normal it thing. i'm watching it live if my mobile hotspot cooperates oh gosh good luck i'm watching i'm going watch this
1: thing there's going to be a gag here in a second
2: oh <laughs> she really gets in there too
1: yeah it it's not like like a just little
2: oh my gosh oh and it's it replayed all all and, and that's like that's not like a
1: Oh my gosh! It's a very sizable chicken. Yeah,
2: that, I, I was, yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out how to say. It's not like Just a chicken a, tender or a nugget per se. That is,
1: it's like a complete chicken breast. Oh my gosh!
3: Cold blooded, completely focused, like intent. Like there was no doubt in her mind. She's picking up that chicken finger. It was going in that Coke.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, so
3: immediately,
2: two there's two young there's two young men sitting at the table with her, and oh, by right. young men I mean they're like eight year old. Kids, yeah, and sure. neither of them, th- both of them, are just completely unfazed by this.
1: Yeah, so, and there's there's no hesitation. So it's, she's not trying it. This is baffling. Yeah, I, I don't get it. So we're, she's we're, already <sighs>
2: taken a bite too. So she's double dipping into her own coke,
1: which <laughs> I we hadn't
2: even thrown that into yet. I don't I don't care for that. I'm not a double dip guy.
1: This video is breaking the podcast.
2: Oh, sorry, <laughs> the internet.
1: But we are gonna we are gonna go through an appropriate list of chicken finger dipping sauces.
2: Are we putting? Are we ranking them, or are we just throwing some out there?
1: Well, let's rank them, man. Let's rank them. Okay,
2: all right, all right, here's here's what I'm gonna do. I've I've got a list. I'm just gonna say them all at once.
1: So like, from
2: one to six. Oh. No, I've actually I've got seven with an honorable mention question mark.
1: <laughs> of course you have an honorable mention. That's yeah. such a Michael thing. Like, yeah, I've got a I list. I don't want to leave it yeah. out. <laughs> All and right, this is
2: all you need. Okay, here's, here's my list. I will read them, and then you guys can, can skewer me as, as needed. <laughs> all right. Number one, Chick-fil-A sauce. Number two, that stuff at Raisin Cane's. Number three. So cane e- sauce? Yeah, sure. That's, sauce. That sounds right. Number three, gravy.
1: Number well, f- oh, hold on. Hold on. What kind of gravy? Cream gravy. So white gravy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to make that point clear.
2: Oh, my gosh. I'm not a. not a crazy person (laughs) okay uh four honey mustard five ranch six barbecue sauce seven ketchup and then the honorable mention queso
1: question mark
2: Uh huh huh how about queso for a dipping sauce i wouldn't turn that down
1: on a chicken strip sure
2: i'd do it yeah (laughs) Yeah, I'd do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe not queso eat. with. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not queso with chili That's con it. carne in it or something. Maybe just straight up cheese and rotel. But still, I'd go for
1: it. <laughs> All right, let me see your list.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, so I, I wrote that list right after Spencer sent it to me.
1: <laughs> I love I love your reactions to the list too. So Honey muscle, he says, "Okay, Buffalo too high." Honey, hot sauce. What? Barbecue, okay. Sweet and sour, okay. Ranch, too low. Mayonnaise, no. Soda, joke, obviously. Soda, joke, obviously. Ketchup, too low. I love yeah, the reaction.
2: Ketchup's today. pretty good. I had to write a, I wrote so, a really quick reaction to each of those uh, this was like a, like Sports Illustrated ones.
1: Copied and pasted this into a Word document, printed it out, and then took his notes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I used, I used my, purple, uh, my purple pencil that I use at work to mark up drawings yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was a very productive lunch break yesterday,
1: okay, so sounds like it. um Brian, I'm gonna let you go ahead and give your list or just your your collection of dipping sauces that you've assembled
3: all right um so after I got this article last night um or yesterday, I just couldn't stop really thinking about it, and so I ended up having canes for dinner because cane sauce is number one with a bullet for me um solid research, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had to make sure I had to double check.
2: <laughs> I was about to but, say you uh, had to confirm. You had to confirm the ranking.
3: <laughs> exactly, yeah. I Listen, I take this seriously. This is my first time on the podcast. I'd like to come back. You know, I can't just, you know, like.
1: You can't mail it in. You know,
3: yeah, I've got to do my due diligence. So, so we and the listeners appreciate it. Yeah, we and we notice. <laughs> um, number two, uh, honey mustard. Yep, solid. Uh, um, number three. I like a white gravy. Mm. With there's an asterisk on this. Um, across the street from my place is a, a fried chicken and donut place, and they do this jalapeno cream gravy.
1: Okay, so first can... first you should have seen the look that Michael and I just gave each other <laughs> <laughs> when you said,
3: "How far
2: is Houston from here?" <laughs> what is it? Hey, it's it's never too far away. I could you be, be there before breakfast. Is what you're saying. Probably, if we leave now. If we leave now, okay. All right. For sure. <laughs> Let's wrap oh, guys, this up, guys. Donuts.
3: The <laughs> apple fritters are great.
2: Oh, I love apple fritters. I think that's my favorite breakfast pastry.
1: So our next episode will be an instant reaction from the donut shop in Houston <laughs> tomorrow morning.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send in my per diem to management. There you go. Okay. It's uh,
3: networking. Uh, you guys do uh, construction related adjacent stuff don't
2: you yeah we do that's true there you I, go. I may need to get there and talk to a uh somebody
3: i have, I have connections i know people
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you said that was a jalapeno cream gravy
3: there's a jalapeno cream gravy that they serve on their mashed potatoes that's fantastic and so that actually might beat out honey mustard for me because whenever you order the chicken tenders there the tendies uh they give you a sauce, and then you get a side, and usually I get the mashed potatoes on the side, and I, I dip it in the gravy. That's just more Sometimes nice. with mashed potato on your tender. Just go for it.
1: Does that complete your list?
3: Uh, the last is uh, sweet, sour, slash, Polynesian. Solid. Because I think those are more or less the same. It's been a, I don't really Chick-fil-A too much, so... I'd, I'd agree go with that. Curry.
2: I think the Polynesian might be slightly a thicker sauce or something, but mm-hmm. I don't even know. I, don't, I think they um, are very
3: close to the same.
1: It's got like a teriyaki I, base to it. Does yeah.
3: it? Mm-hmm. I, I'd say like whenever you – I asked you this. This. Is, this goes back to the Coke thing. Whenever you dip your chicken tender, you don't want like a like, – like the viscosity is important. Like you don't want something <laughs> that's like super thin.
1: It is, I, and I'm, I'm going to get to this because – I was waiting to make sure one of you brought this up because there are two dips on my list that have to have a very specific viscosity. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm laughing too hard. I had to take oh, the no, microwave. Uh, viscosity I mean, is very yeah, important. Like,
3: that's, that's why dipping it in like a, like a Valentino's or like a Cholula, as much as I love that, that's just It's weird. too thin. Like it's way too thin.
2: Yeah, you, you might toss it in there if you want like the sticky wings or <laughs> – you, you could do something. Right. Or not wings, but – if, if you yeah. tossed it in there, then I could live with it. But no, right. no, no. It's it's. I'm with you. It's you need you need like some 10W30 on that. You need a little bit, <laughs> a little bit heavier right, weight to
3: it. Here's my hot take. Oh oh. Uh, or unless oh, hot Spencer, take. do you want to go first before I do this? Before I drop this on you? Yeah, Spencer, let, go first.
1: Yeah, let me go ahead and 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 disappoint everybody yeah. with my list. Um, first is going to be a white cream gravy. Easy. Um, two is going to be. Um, shoot. I, I'm like reconsidering <laughs> it Like as I'm going through my list. Because
2: we make some really good points.
1: Two is going to be uh, cane sauce.
2: Yeah. Cane sauce is so good. It's too I, good. A, every it's one of us best. put it in the top two.
1: Three would be honey mustard, four barbecue, and I would Barbecue's cut good. it there. Oh. Two things that didn't make my list. Um that go together but aren't dipping sauces unless they're together. It's buffalo and ranch. Buffalo is not really mm-hmm. a dipping sauce for yeah, chicken strips to me. I agree. It's more of a coating, and then you would dip it into the ranch. Now, the ranch and the gravy have to have a very specific consistency to it. To, to, to Brian's point, it can't just run right off. Like, you dip it in and it comes back out. It can't just fall right back into the dipper, no. the, the bowl, whatever you want to call it. hmm It's got to stick. Yeah, hard degree. But it cannot be too thick where you have to, like, scoop it. True.
3: Which oh. I could... It can't leave a track, is what you're saying. It
1: can. What I'm saying is, like, you just you just can't, like... You can't use the chicken as, like, some kind of spoon. Like a spoon?
2: <laughs> I can't explain why this is making me laugh so much. This is too good. Okay.
1: <laughs> so...
3: Well, I mean, like, it's not like a... Like, like, I think about, like... All right, so gravy. It leaves a slight indentation... Sure, but it's slowly going to regain its form. It's got some uh, elasticity to it.
1: Yeah, same with ranch.
3: You're going to know exactly someone dipped a chicken tender in butter (laughs) if you walk by a tub on the counter.
1: Oh my god! Well,
2: hey, I almost wonder if we should. Now this will this will throw that theory out of the water slightly. But what about mashed potatoes? It's not a dip, but (laughs) it can be when it's on the same plate as chicken. Well, no.
1: What I'm saying is like you can dip your chicken strip into mashed potatoes yeah. and scoop yeah, you it like yeah. a spoon. It's not a dip. Uh, I, and I don't, fair. I don't like I've, I've, I will do this. If I have mashed potatoes and gravy and chicken strips on my plate, I will, I will mix all three. I will go after it and scoop the mashed potatoes with my chicken strip.
2: If, or with your chicken fried steak. If or... I'm at home though, this is not mm-hmm. like something
1: I'm going to do in public.
2: Oh man, no! I will. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll sop up a plate with with a biscuit in public. I mean, I'm. It's all it's well, all the,
1: for okay, the taking. Okay. But, but, I think I think we're, right. we're probably going too far. Brian, you had some. You have a a, a bomb to drop on us. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm all right. Sure so ready, uh,
3: I know the subject has has reared its head before on the podcast. Um, oh. To much derision uh, from my two esteemed uh, hosts. Oh man! But boneless wings are just coated chicken tenders, Change my mind. That's all they are. But and so that could potentially change the calculus of what you consider a dip if you consider a boneless wing a chicken tender.
2: That's technically exactly what it is, which it's just I a think small our our biggest chicken par- tender. Yeah, I think our biggest issue with it was the was the nomenclature itself. The audacity to use it's called a wings. They call it a wing. In yeah, any it's not a wing. in any shape or form, when it's if anything, it's that's it's not even the nugget. yeah. It's not even the correct anatomy from which this meat arrived. It's they should be called breastlets. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Why not just call them chicken tenders? Why even call them boneless wings?
2: Yeah, or, uh, or call like...
3: Call toss chicken tendies.
2: Or, you know, like... Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your use you gotta of be tendies. Saying,
5: <laughs> <laughs> I've got
2: to be careful saying tendies. I've got to make sure I get <laughs> that right, in. I'm going to make sure I get that everybody because
1: Michael's probably going to end up saying...
2: No, no, no I'm not... I, I don't even want to pretend said it, like I'm going to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, all right, so... Where does popcorn chicken fall? Because depending upon which establishment you get popcorn chicken, it's almost the same size as these "quote unquote" boneless wings.
3: How big of a popcorn chicken? Like the popcorn chicken I have seen has been relatively. It's like someone uh, saw a chicken nugget and was intimidated by the size.
2: All right, I will. Up a little bit. I will say my uh, my uh, most of my experience with popcorn chicken is from growing up. And getting Allsup's. So Allsup's had... Allsup's should have been called like shotgun chicken because you never knew what size, you know, it was going to be double lot or ten shot or eight shot. You never knew it was going to be, oh, this is like a... Man, this is the size of a ping pong ball. And then you hey. you'd get down to ten pieces that were about the size of a jelly bean. And so I, I'm not I'm not really sure. Maybe it's more consistent <laughs> places outside of my beloved convenience store chain.
3: I would say given given the the geographic location of allsub that's a huge marketing miss to not call it shotgun chicken and <laughs> sell it by the 8 shot 12 shot in shot.
1: That would have been so good.
3: Like they would be
2: famous. I, I have for more yeah they their terrible burritos. Yeah. So world so famous shotgun chicken.
1: When we open our pluckers we will introduce a new line of ch- popcorn chicken called shotgun yes, chicken.
2: Sir. Oh man. I'm just coming oh, up with all and, and we then we're going to serve it with a side of mashed potatoes. Shoot, so to dip <laughs> yes, in sir.
1: that was that was plans that we were plotting in Slack, not on out in the public podcast.
3: Yeah, I was going to say breaking news: uh, <laughs> the Steak and the Plain staff is opening up a pluckers in Lubbock,
1: and we're going <laughs> to rule the world.
3: Spencer's been yeah. scouting locations. Apparently, I've got it. <laughs> all, <laughs> all right, right no so, one steal
2: this idea. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone, stay away from our uh, from our eventual fame. We're gonna get two mansions on Nineteenth Street. How about that? Because we're bad mother <laughs> efforts That's
1: right. We don't have to lie, and cheat, or steal. We're not gonna cheat. No, <laughs> no. All right. So this is probably as divisive—not when say divisive—but as engaging or energetic as a taco versus burrito. We've gone twenty, twenty-one <laughs> minutes talking about chicken tenders. Tenders are important. <laughs> and 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 we we do have a football game this week to talk about. But first, <laughs> let's talk about the game that was played on the computer where. Spencer, me was victorious. Yes, in your face.
2: Yes, he uh, he he came through. He 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 won a game
1: with I'm, I'm a really, devastating season-ending injury to one of my starters. Which I still is terrible. Beat
2: you. Which is terrible.
1: So I, I won three seventy-eight to Michael's three sixty-four,
2: just barely. So. W- I know, I know, Brian. It was so
1: (laughs) close. We will not go into the point differential for the season because I'm still like 300 points behind.
2: But that doesn't matter. I mean, a a W is a W, you know? A W. Ain't nobody looking back and seeing if Clemson had more points than Alabama. Don't nobody Mm -hmm. care.
1: So one of my starting running backs, obviously, Rodney Anderson is out for the season I'm a little – I'm heartbroken. His I I a
3: third-season-ending sent... injury too. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating Nuts. to me because he's still so good after two of them?
2: Oh, that's just so terrible. To, I mean, I I think I've talked about this before, probably like when Keenan Evans was injured or something. I, I just can't imagine going back to work after after an injury like that to go sit at my office, much less, oh, yeah, I'm, no, I'll be fine. I'll rehab and I will play D1 football again and then continue to do so two more times gosh yeah I, I I came through pretty good there for a while I did have a Kevontae Turpin on my bench which I forgot how many points he had but it was it I'm was it right grotesque
1: Cavante Turpin had 189 points on your bench
2: yeah because he had a he, he had a return I think he had a return touchdown Brian and he what else did he do? Oh, he had like 112 we, return yards total, and he yeah. had a, a receiving hey. touchdown. That's we we very seriously need to, for an a year senior.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we, it's not bad. We, we need to adjust the special team scoring because I think it, I think it scores return yards one like one yard one point per yard returned.
2: That's got to be what it is because he had 112 return yards.
1: So I, I with that knowledge kind of goose the system a little bit and picked up a returner to start as, as a starting wide receiver.
2: Oh, uh, I just speaking of uh, goose the system, I've got some breaking news for you that wait, I don't wait, know if wait. you noticed. Hold
1: on, hold on. I started the Texas Tech defense. Did you see this? Oh yeah, they had a 110 lot. points. They had
2: a lot of points. That was Ooh. great to see. Yeah. To your
1: TCU 25.
2: I I'm totally okay with that. That made me I actually smiled seeing that.
1: CD Lamb <laughs> For me, I'm not even mad. I'm laughing. No, it's great. (laughs) So CD lamb for me on the bench had 110 points. It's a little unfortunate because he did like 10 points the first week. And and then I picked up Taylor Cornelius, a starting quarterback for, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oklahoma state, because my other backup quarterback was none other than McLean Carter. (laughs) He did 118 points on the bench, but Mr. Kyler Murray got me 127. Rodney Anderson got me 16 before he was injured. Kennedy McCoy against Young, Youngstown State, 25 points. By the way, I dropped him because their game this week got canceled. Uh-oh. A bunch of wimps. Can't play in the rain. Jalen McCleskey. Okay, so I dropped Dylan Stoner from OK State to pick up Jalen McCleskey. One point.
2: It's better than it's better than zero. It's better. He had
1: 11 receiving yards. He, so he what caught one the pass? F. Your kicker? Scored more points than any of my offensive players except for my quarterback.
2: I told you that kicking
1: again, kicking is way overdone
2: in this league. I think I yes. picked a kicker like third or fourth pick because I knew it was going to come in handy.
1: Seven extra points, two field goals, one from forty to forty-nine yards, seventy-six points. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
2: The only the only guy that had more points on my team was Will Greer. So the kicker is uh, he's crucial.
1: I do love how David Sills. Got you actually three, three points.
2: points. Yes. Three <laughs> points this week. I, I looked to see. I was wondering if he got hurt or something. I hope, I hope
1: he's okay. I don't think he got hurt. Well, guess what? He's not playing this week. Now there's Will Greer. Nope. What? I just, I just told you the West Virginia game got canceled. Oh, you did. Sorry. I, I probably shouldn't have said that. I was
2: looking at something else. Oh, man. You shouldn't have said that. Okay. I've got it. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's a good thing I picked up Alan Bowman. Which is what I was going to say because oh I had, no you did not I did I had Jet Duffy you... and I claimed Alan Bowman <laughs> but I don't think I can start him till next week so I don't know what the heck I'm going to do No he's
1: he's on your list is he yeah. Okay
2: Oh I'm looking at last week's game he, He's on your roster Sorry Brian I know this is riveting <laughs> for No you're you. fine Hey It's real to me <laughs> Anyways
1: So We Are One and One Going Into Week Three
2: With apparently my whole team on the bench. So i got to do some stuff, man. I'm going to be making (laughs) roster moves this whole podcast.
1: So lucked out with the weather, getting West Virginia having a second bye week. (laughs) Ha-ha. I can't wait to – you have to try to, like, balance that in a few weeks. Man. Um, Let's let's actually talk about actual football. Brian, we want to quickly get your thoughts on the Lamar game before we move on to Houston.
3: Yeah, um – so I rewatched the game, or not rewatched. I watched the game on Sunday morning. I kind of gave you guys a, a running commentary on Slack. Um, you know, they, it's, it's hard to get a gauge exactly on what this tech team is. They're certainly probably not as bad as what they were against old Miss, you hope. And um, they're not, you know, putting up 70 points every week like they did against Lamar. So everyone kind of, puts that big kind of caveat on, you know, you're playing a Southland Conference team. But the thing is, they did exactly what they were supposed to do against a team like that, and they did it probably a little bit better than what you're expecting. I mean, the first shutout in a decade is a pretty good feeling no matter who it's against. Um, I thought Bowman looked fine. Uh, He made all the right plays. He made good reads. Uh, He actually... Uh, the, the big running joke on on Staking the planes currently is he looked to the right, um,
1: <laughs> which so is a power power the twenty three personal podcast right there. Sure, it was definitely sure. something that we we brought up. Yes, and we brought it up in the Slack chat too. But yeah, Yeah. waves we're um, making waves.
3: So you know it's he he has a future of, as something other than a NASCAR driver, uh, which is good. <laughs> um, but the the defense looked really good, and i I've, I've got to say, and I, I mentioned this. We'll probably talk more about it a little bit later. Jet coming in, and, like, yeah, he threw the bad pick, and uh, it took him a little bit, or it took the offense a little bit to get their feet under him uh, after he came in, because I think they had a punt. And then there was, like, I think the interception, or the interception of the punt. It took to the third drive, and they had a few touchdowns called back. But he's really fun to watch. Um, You know, and, of course, it's against Lamar, but you kind of get that same feeling of... uh, Back before Kevin Sumlin ruined Khalil Tate, like, you know, (laughs) watching Khalil Tate when it's, like, really exciting, you don't know exactly where the play is going to go because the options are endless. Same thing with I don't want to invoke St. Patrick's name uh, because Jet definitely hasn't proved himself to that level yet. But, you know, it's kind of watching him, how smooth he is and his speed on things uh, was a lot of fun, a lot more fun than watching uh, kind of cookie-cutter quarterbacks that, you know, they go in, they read the line, they get the snap, they take two or three steps, and they throw the ball.
1: Did you just call Alan Bowman a cookie cutter?
3: I did not call him a cookie cutter.
1: Whoa. He just, shots just, fired. He if just, I had if I had the phone plugged in to, to do some hold soundboardage. On, hold on. Hold shots fired.
3: I, I was not. I played into my I was phone. Not as saying, I was saying Jet has the potential and has shown himself to be a little more entertaining than watching boring quarterbacks. I could have easily been talking about You know, the Joe Flacco.
1: (laughs) Just listen to that backtracking. Listen to it.
2: (laughs) No, he's just been boring. Hey, Hey, play the tape. Well, you know what? Okay. Well, here's here's the here's the turnaround on that, Spencer. Why is Alan Bowman the first person you thought of?
0: Yeah, because he wasn't
2: specific. Oh, great he he's trying to (laughs) he's trying to pull up the. This is yeah so bad that was that was really <laughs> worth going for.
1: I tried to play into the mic. I don't it probably probably barely picked up yeah
2: if, i if I barely probably. heard it, and I'm in the room with you. It but you know like that microphone might have gotten it though
3: on Bowman i think I think Bowman is the the safe bet. I think he's gonna get better and better the more he plays. I think he's got the the talent and everything like that. Um, and I definitely understand why Kingsbury went with them, and I still support that decision. Like I don't necessarily think trotting Jet out against Houston's the best idea against how that defense plays, um, which we'll we'll get into later. But uh, it was—I went in expecting Jet to not look great, and he he did throw that bad pick.
0: It but was so he
2: was bad.
3: Still, I was impressed. Yeah. I, I guess at a low bar, but.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you too because it. The more I thought about it, the, the more I can kind of forgive the pick because it was, one of nine passes. <clears throat> you know. I mean if he'd, if he'd, have, if he'd have hung in there for twenty five passes or so, who knows? Maybe that was the only bad one he was going to throw. But I'm also with you. I like how you worded it. That, and I've been trying to figure out how to say it too. Uh, I'm, I'm good with whoever Kingsbury trots out there. I'm okay with Bowman. I. Don't haven't seen enough for me to think. Oh well. Let's let's put him back on the bench and let's bring Jet in. But it was it was really nice to see Jet come in. I mean, with fresh legs, of course, against some guys that may have been playing for a while. But still, it was nice to see him come in and instantly move the chains and start getting things going. So it's kind of nice to have that in your hip pocket if we ever had yeah. to. If we had three or four three and outs in a row, or or, or something terrible, or stalled in the red zone a couple of times, and mm-hmm. we're, if if Kingsbury came out with Duffy, I think everyone would think, hey, all right, well, you know, he's being proactive, and we're going to change it up and just see if this will work. And no knock on it's, Bowman, but it's it does open things up a lot when he's back there.
3: Yeah, and it's it's like that Webb Mayfield year because wasn't. Brewer here that year as well? Didn't he get hurt early or something?
1: Yeah, so that's what opened the door for Mayfield and Webb to, to go in. What was that, 2013? Yeah,
2: yeah. it was Kingsbury's yeah. first year.
1: So, sorry, I'll, I'll let you make your point there, Brian, before I <laughs> – Oh, no, I was just
3: saying, you know, it's – that year was a roller coaster. You had it, – it turned out you had three – Pretty good quarterbacks on your roster. Well, I mean, one's a Heisman winner now, and <laughs> right. two of them are playing in the NFL. But uh, like you, kind of had a, a spoiler riches that we didn't really recognize. Um, you know, Brewer went on to Virginia Tech, where he had a decent career. Uh, all things considered, given kind of how that offense was uh, at the end of Beamer's career, but um, you know, I feel like pretty comfortable if if something were to happen to bowman where he goes down as well jet could come in and the the play calling probably changes up a little bit the you know the offense you know adapts to it but it's not going to be a massive dip it's just going to be a change
2: yeah it'll like, it's just, not gonna be
3: like when vinnie test came in right <laughs> but, it'll, it'll
2: uh, just be different it would just be a yeah. different look and some uh you know the defense would have have to make some adjustments quite a bit.
1: So I had this thought. Um, now I'm going to say this, and you're like, "But Spencer, they they've lost a game with Bowman playing quarterback." I, I I don't think Bowman would be a player that would cause you to lose a game.
2: Right. Agreed. Which which can be good or bad. Which is
1: probably why he's he's been the starter or not been the starter, but been the first guy off the bench and he's been the one that won't lose you a game we've, we've seen mm. the play calling kind of tailored around a new player not to take chances we've been really short timing route type throws where it's very little reading um and when he does it's just ai am gonna throw it to vasher and hope he catches it which has been a really high percentage throw <laughs> because he's throwing to vasher but mm-hmm. i think the problem with that though i think maybe Jet thinks he can make more, um, he can take more risks and he can Mm -hmm. trust his arm over his understanding of the offense, which I think is where, what we saw when he threw the interception. I think he was trying to, to beat the defender there Mm that he was just going to like try to rifle into the, into the receiver before the defender could get there. At least that's the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give him. Until told otherwise, um, that he just has uh, an over reliance or overconfidence in his arm strength to, to to take. You were making some awful faces over there. What did you just find?
2: Oh well, I pulled. No, sorry, this is totally. Okay, uh, I'm on. Is,
1: is it related? Are you looking at?
2: No, it's it's not related at all. I pulled up the I pulled up the Houston Arizona box score. And this is the laptop that my wife and I use, and there's an ad for uh, Soma Intimates. So much more than lingerie. So I, that just kind of threw is she, me off.
1: No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> um, so the quarterback controversy, I, I think that the further we get away from the Lamar game, I think people will be starting to romanticize what they remember seeing Duffy do.
2: Yeah, um, I think it's happening already.
1: I, I think it's happening right here in this room as we speak. <laughs> no, I, I, I think people will, will begin to um, discount that throw more and more and say, well, look, he came in, he ran for 37 yards flip, on his first yeah. play. Um, you know, he, he, that, that throw was, you know, that you know it, it's not going to happen every time. He's going to learn from it or whatever. Um but the person that sees him the most still had him as third quarterback on the depth chart. So, yeah. Um, but let's just keep that kind of perspective going forward. Like, okay, even like if, and when McLean Carter comes back, he's like, we're looking at jet Duffy being the number three quarterback. Right. Um, so.
3: Well, I mean, another thing I've thought of is imagine if, Cliff did trot Jet out there against Ole Miss with the game kind of going how it was, and say, you know he he did that knowing Jet's turnover liability, which he came out and said, hey, you know Jet doesn't have the best ball security as of right now, um, and if Jet throws say like two picks against Ole Miss with that game kind of with the trajectory of it, like the it would be Chernobyl on the common boards. Oh man. Uh,
1: they would roast at Kingsbury's like, oh, yeah. you're supposed to be the quarterback they would have whisperer. Put in?
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the the of quarterback's always everyone's favorite quarterback. Always, you even know, when we're down to they're...
2: three and four. Still, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, did you see that throw from Colt Garrett? Come it was on, now. Beautiful, forty-four yards. I
2: think he has a thirteen hundred passer rating.
1: It's I, I don't hey. know. <laughs> Anyways, so. Injury report update. Um didn't see much from an update from uh, McLean Carter. Um is there somebody at the door? Are they looking at us? Are they leaving? They left. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna get like kicked out here in a minute, probably. Um He was on the sideline wearing like a s like we we probably mentioned this, wearing, you know, jersey top and shorts he's throwing around. Um he looked like he could walk just fine, but like when he would start to move quickly to go to the, like up the tunnel, mm-hmm. it was a very labored like lumber. This is rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, I, I guess, in line with, with what we've heard. We, you know, saying that a high ankle sprain is as bad as a break, could be four to eight weeks. Um, other injuries: on Ward we heard was he could have been available if need if need be against Lamar. Um, he, he was dressed out. He was ready to go. He didn't have his helmet, which means he would have needed to be—he to be, would have needed to have been cleared. Wow, talk about subjunctive case. Some grammar on you.
2: Whoa, subjunctive.
1: <laughs> um, Trey King, however, was in the same situation as McLean Carter, uh, jersey and shorts. Travis Bruffy should be back. They—I heard today that they're gonna. He was gonna, supposed to be working out today, maybe this week, maybe next week. So, at least by next week, he should be back.
2: Um, Who's in his place? Ja'Shawn Johnson might be playing. Uh, Who was was in his place? Dawson Deaton? Yes.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, again, it was Lamar. I don't think there were any issues from that left side. It was actually Terrence Steele, like, on the opposite side that was having some issues. Um,
2: With penalties, at least.
1: Yeah. So, we've got Houston coming into town this weekend the line opened to tech minus 3
2: that was yesterday on monday it's
1: quickly moved to houston minus 1 who it's a four uh, point swing in 24 right. hours <laughs> yeah
2: that's kind of what we thought we were talking about it on our slack chat and i, I was kind of thinking it would end up being a pickem because the home team usually gets kind of gets three as the benefit of the doubt and i so, i don't know i just thought it would end up being a pickem before the game uh, actually played so it, it may shift back that direction or who knows it may shift further towards Houston
1: yeah so at, at Houston minus one I think they're saying on a neutral field that's Houston minus four yeah so, so this is, it's going to be an interesting game and I, I want to get go ahead and start our, our, our preview of the Houston Cougars 40 minutes into the podcast yeah here we go <laughs> thanks for sticking around yeah, definitely. I mean, if you made it this far, why not go ahead and listen to the preview for this week?
3: Sure. Uh, they came for the food. They're, they're staying for the game. <laughs>
1: Obviously. So they, last week, dismantled a Kevin Sumlin and Khalil Tate kind of led Arizona Wildcat team. Brian was in attendance for about the first half. Um, they were up, what was it, 31 or, at half, 38 uh-huh. into the third quarter before Houston scored, or not Houston, before Arizona scored,
2: Oh, I didn't know that. I I quit. Well, I, I was kind of like you, Brian. It, when it was thirty-one, nothing at half. I thought, okay, I think I've I, I think I've seen enough.
3: Yeah, they they scored one more time before Arizona got on the board. Ooh, I ours. believe.
1: So, to to Deadville's advocate, this let me just say that like, they were down ten points to Rice, eight minutes into the third quarter. The first, so Houston was down to Rice well into the third quarter. Um, they took the lead is that either right at the very end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, and then So I don't think Rice scored in the, in the second they, half. I
3: want to say they were down to Rice even more than just by in at one point in the game.
1: Well, sure. It, it, when I was looking back at the, the highlights, I, I noticed it was 10 points at least halfway through the third quarter. It may have been yeah. 13 at one point.
2: Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to I'm trying to confirm.
1: So that that was game one, and then of course you had game two versus a really bad Arizona team. So you get kind of the same kind of trajectory that you've got with Texas Tech. You play a a, a first game where maybe first game jitters gets you early before you get rolling. Not that Texas Tech rolled in that game, um, and then you get a, a week two opponent which you completely overwhelm. So, do we know anything about Houston? I think Houston
3: is pretty much in the same boat as Tech in terms of probably maybe a little bit better shape because they they won that game against Rice. And as a Houstonian, I can tell you, Rice is probably usually more motivated in that game just because they're never expected to win against U of H. Um, But it's... It's one of those things where I cannot express how terrible Arizona looked. And this (laughs) is not a knock against Houston at all, because I think Houston uh, probably has a better than, you know, average, not average, but over 50% chance that Houston might win this game on Saturday. But Arizona was just atrocious. Like it was terrible to watch the worst Power Five team I think I've ever seen in person. Really? Um, yeah, I. And it was just one of those things where it was just the the speed of the game on Arizona's side seems just like half to a full step slower than what U of H was doing. Um, maybe it was the humidity that played a part. It was miserable Saturday morning. Um, but the other thing about arizona is they completely have no idea how to use khalil tate which is absolutely shocking because i thought that someone higher was perfect
2: i did too Uh, I, i remember khalil talking about uh some of the candidates that they had thought of last year and i forgot what he said but didn't he tweet something out like i didn't come to arizona to run the triple option exactly and and so i i thought man if if they better not go with whoever that candidate was i couldn't think of who it was and mm-hmm. and uh, when they went with Sumlin, I felt the same way. I thought, oh well, this is man, you know, the guy that helped coach Johnny Manziel and and stuff. I, I think he's he's got a good shot under Sumlin, but it's mm-hmm. it's not going well yet. Maybe it'll <laughs> I mean, pay uh, off, but man, yeah, I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, not not to take away from from Houston's accomplishments because they're. A, very good team. Uh, they'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out on top of the, the American. But, uh, you know, it's just, I, I think the jury's still out. I, I think they're much better than what they did against Rice in the second half of Rice. They turned on the afterburners and kind of locked everything down and uh, scored pretty consistently. And uh, against Arizona, they were in complete and total control uh, from the first whistle. So, you know, we'll we'll. I think a good barometer for, barometer for both teams is going to be Saturday, and you'll I think you'll have a good handle on both of what Tech and U of HR are uh, come about seven o'clock. I think that's Saturday fair, night.
2: yeah. And and I wanted to go back, and you, you guys were both right that uh, Houston was down in the third quarter to Rice, seventeen to twenty-seven. They were down seventeen. 17- 24, I believe, at half. And then Rice kicked a field goal, and so they were down by 10. And then, of course, Houston went on to uh, to shut Rice out from there on, winning 45 to 27. So, yeah, they were down by 10 in the third quarter. Uh, some, some other bit of note that's going to be a good barometer for both teams is Ed Oliver's production in that game was insane, which uh, is not something – gosh, it's something I hope we don't see this week. <laughs> I hope it was something that was just against Rice because he, as a defensive lineman, had 13 total tackles. Oh. Five of them were solo. Um, and he had three and a half tackles for a loss. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty yeah. monstrous performance. And I heard a, the Double T guys mentioned it this morning. I think 13 is uh, – I think that ties his personal best. So – uh, he hammered into that Rice offensive line uh, pretty relentlessly. So I know that the athletes at Tech are probably a little bit higher caliber than those at Rice, no offense. Maybe. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that that type of output doesn't uh, rear its head this Saturday. But it's it it has a chance to just be a really good football game. I'm hoping it is. I I think that both teams kind of have weaknesses in the same spots, and then some strengths in the same spots. Um, I feel like we both have really good receivers, and mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we have some good guys up front. I'm I'm not so sure about Houston's uh, defensive backs. I know our guys have had they've had their troubles so far on covering receivers, so. I think we mirror each other in some ways, but then again, Oliver Oliver's just such a force that he can, uh, he can make very good linemen look not very good.
1: He makes fast people look not fast. Yes. It's it's a skill.
2: It's a very, it's Um, a very wealth, wealth, uh, (laughs) encouraging skill.
1: So obviously when you talk about people to watch on the Houston, uh, Cougar team where everybody points to Ed Oliver, um, on the offensive side, obviously you've got to you've got to recognize that Kendall Bryles is gonna he's gonna find his production from everywhere. Basically, um, the I guess the main guys you need to be aware of, aware of would be the quarterback DeEric King, um, who was a former receiver uh, turned quarterback. Uh, both what was it what was his name uh, Potsma Postma. Oh, I don't and know. And Kyle Allen. So the quarterbacks that played last year for Houston are both gone. Um, this guy, Derek King, kind of stepped in and um, has really taken control of the offense. They also lost basically all of their wide receiver returning talent, if you include King. Um, but they've got a guy by the name of – oh, gosh, I just I just looked at it. Marquez Stevenson? Yes. Number five. He is – probably the receiver to watch um so Derek King Marquez Stevenson are gonna be the guys on offense they lost Duke Catalan um they've got Terrence Williams who's a, a, a transfer from Baylor at running back but uh, nobody's really made a name for himself at running back just yet it's been really through the air um yeah you
2: know, and, and they kind of did like tech I mean last last week they had, uh, you know, Williams had twelve carries. Patrick Carr had eight, um, and Kevin Justice had six. But I'm not sure if Kevin is—that's quite the name. I know I had I have my glasses on, and I had to make sure I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't going to butcher that. I almost didn't see the R, but uh, I just—he's—he's he's a running back from Kilgore, so they've they kind of have been running by committee, which that's a little bit more common these days anyway <clears throat>
3: yeah. and i'll i'll say that at the game in the first half patrick carr was who was lining up at uh half back, a majority of the game i think terrence williams got most of his carries in the second half okay um or late in the first but uh carr is definitely the one that i saw lining up the most and then a lot of those yards uh something to keep note of is the the left side of that Houston offensive line? Um, they were pretty good pass blocking the entire time, but the left side they didn't get any traction running. A lot of that production came from the right side, running on the right side of that line.
1: Ah, so running right at Dakota Allen. Yeah, how's that going to yeah. work out?
2: I know that so may we... not that may not work too well in Lubbock. Hopefully, it won't. Yeah, yeah. Carr was. Uh, Carr was really productive. I mean, he only had eight carries, but he had 62 yards, 7.8 yards per carry. He had a 39-yard carry.
3: Uh, I think the 39-yard carry came from uh, like a little uh, trap-type play okay. of the right side.
2: Yeah, I got to catch some of this game, um, you know, not too much of it. But aside from, aside from those guys, I think the receivers kind of worry me the most because they're all – they're all over six feet. They're very big. They're very large men. <laughs> Can not confirm. Yes. Very large. <laughs> have have seen in person. Can confirm.
3: Yeah. So that's that's kind of what jumped out to me at the game. Um, it's the, the size of those receivers. But go ahead,
1: Spencer. No, I was going to ask if you had any uh, insider knowledge or firsthand um, eyewitness <laughs> accounts to to either ready the Red Raiders for, for defeat or to tell us where everybody is wrong on their previews and uh, <laughs> say, everybody's talking about Ed Oliver, but it's the it's the linebacker, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name. It's several syllables. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, um, De- Deontay Anderson, the, the transfer from Olmis, is he eligible? Did he play? Uh, this is I bad. We should just...
2: Deontay, yeah, he did. Okay. He played. He had five tackles.
1: So, is, are are there any anybody else that we need to be aware of going into the game besides Derek King, Marquez Stevenson, Ed, Ed Oliver? Um,
3: yeah, I I took some notes while I was there. I tried to put my do my best uh, best Seth impression. You're and, so uh, good. Be be very conscientious watching things
1: because we're, we're um, over here trying to figure out somebody's eligible, and you you've got notes at a yeah. game.
3: I, I'm, listen, I'm not that good. I, I say all of the following statements and all the preceding are definitely with the the large caveat that I am a moron.
1: <laughs> so, doubt it. doubt uh, it. Everyone should take everything I say with a grain of salt. This is just kind of uh,
3: um, the, what I picked up from the game and watching it. Uh, Corbin, Larkin, Stevenson, uh, who will be number two, nine, and five on your uh, rosters. Uh, they're big receivers they're all very fast um and uh that's both good and bad i think they're they weren't starters last year i don't believe um but they they're good receivers they run pretty clean routes um, against uh, who knows kind of how suspect that arizona defense is but um at one point uh I believe it was Lark just absolutely torched a corner on a like a deep post route, and uh, Derek King missed it, and so they lined up and ran the play again. And this was like when it was twenty-four to zero or something like that. It was pretty well in hand, and um, King completed on that play. And that's the other thing to keep in mind: King's accuracy was pretty suspect. It was only fifty percent.
2: Yeah, I noticed. Um, I noticed that too.
3: A, yeah, he's got a Howitzer. He throws it very, very hard, um, and can throw it deep. But whether or not it gets to where it's supposed to go is—it uh, was a coin flip on Saturday. Um, with any luck, it will be again. I think it was—he was 17 for 24 against Rice, uh, which is much better, kind of what you want from your starter. But uh, that was also against Rice, so. Um, so one thing to keep in mind is just those receivers are all very big, and if if uh, if we get no pressure on King, then they have a very good shot of uh, doing what Ole Miss did on us and just kind of like popping the top off the defense and going deep, especially if Johnson's not playing. Um, number 98, who is a defensive end for U of H, uh, Peyton Turner is a monolith. He's so big. Uh, he's 6'6", 288 my god and uh, he does not look 6-6 six, six. he looked kind of like the mountain from game of thrones because uh, <laughs> he was standing right next to ed oliver and he was dwarfing ed oliver and oh so gosh. part part of what makes that u of h defense work is and this this might have been their game plan against u of h because someone runs kind of a more horizontal offense but those that secondary basically wants to to terrorize you in the 5 to 10 yard range from the line of scrimmage and they, they kind of sit on routes and they want you to throw short because if you try to go deeper, that defensive line is going to get to you because Ed Oliver just eats blocks. And when he, ta- like if he takes up two or three linemen per play, that frees up Turner and, and the other defensive linemen to get to you. So there's a there's a timer. Every time you set snap that ball, you've got five seconds to figure out something to do with it. And so the
1: my heart defense just on sank. Saturday
3: was kind of hedging their bets that way.
2: Your heart sank, Spencer. Are you, are you gonna be okay?
1: No, because <laughs> my point of of the offense that was being run through Bowman was short passes, timing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's but gonna that's, play into the apparently the Houston defense strength. Where this is what they want you to do, because yeah. if you try to throw it deeper, you're just you're playing the game of averages or whatever of Ed Oliver being able to. Break through the two or three man mm-hmm. blocks to get to your quarterback.
3: Uh, and Oliver lines up as a, a true nose, or he has been this season. Like they haven't been moving around the line. Like he just, he's going to line up straight up on Jack Anderson. So. Uh,
1: I mean, you mean you Stay Wars?
3: Oh, it's Stay Wars. That's right. I, I, for some
1: reason, I was thinking Anderson was center. He, he's uh, right well, guard. Yeah, it's going to be Stay Wars and Anderson.
3: Because Anderson's at one of the guard spots, is he not?
1: He's on the right, yeah.
3: Yeah. So um, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch to see what you do, because especially if you want to run the ball, it was tough sledding for Arizona on Saturday, and um, you're going to have to find some purchase somewhere. Uh, I, if you try to run the sweeps with those corners kind of sitting in that range, it's going to be it's, it's going to be hard to find the edge. You're going to have to loosen them up. I, I think I said it in the, the tarot card post this week, but – you're gonna to have to to open up the top somehow. You're gonna to have to find TJ Vasher deep once or twice and, and get him to loosen up a little.
1: So, so maybe some of these these uh, pump fake, the quick throw to hit him over the top with a double move. Mm-hmm. But a little you, shake and bake or something. You probably can't rely on that all game. This is not. No. <laughs> you, you you can't. Um, oh gosh, I, I don't really want to quote him, but one of the the radio hosts in town says, "Hope is not a strategy." <laughs>
2: That's, yeah, that's pretty solid.
3: Yeah. What, what I would be interested to see is um, Dante Thompson did a great job on blocking the edge uh, against Lamar. So, <laughs> of course, it's against Lamar. But I would be very interested to see what some two-back, tight end-type sets would do against that U of H uh, defense. Because, I mean, if, if DeLeon's back – dalen has got some pretty good vision. He can hit the holes pretty fast. Um, if if we get... I wouldn't get too tricky on the offensive line. You're blocking seams, but if you switch things up enough and get away from, from Ed Oliver, then uh, you, you might be able to make some stuff happen. Um, Arizona, like I said, didn't have the best of luck with running, but they did pop a couple of plays. So there's, there's an opportunity, but uh, we're about to see how great of offensive minds we have with Kingsbury and and Johns against that defense.
1: So now that you've, you've crushed our hopes and dreams, um, (laughs) let's talk about, uh, predictions. Um, I don't, I don't know where to go with this.
2: I know I'm, I'm not even completely ready to make one. So I I want someone to yammer on for a little bit while I decide what I'm going to (laughs) do.
3: I've yammered way too much. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I guess that means it's my turn. Yeah. I'm looking at you (laughs) Spitzer. Um, all right, so I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. I'm I'm nervous <laughs> because one we, we we've talked about tonight um, we're not sure what either team really is um, because nobody's played. You know, your your first game for Texas Tech has been against you know Ole Miss, and as we discussed, your first game jitters kind of sunk you, especially in the first quarter. You couldn't over overcome that uh second game you played nobody you know so for Houston they they played their rivals who who played play up to them um couple with the first game jitters they they still won their game but they were not as as solid as you would think and then they played an absolute snoozer against Arizona um i just I don't. I don't know where to go. I don't even know what the over under is, but I'm, I'm going to say. Uh, unfortunately, oh, oh, sorry, I can look that up. Well, no, what I was going to say is, unfortunately, I don't think an Allen Bowman offense will get the job done. I think you you would probably need to rely on a Jet Duffy. I don't, I just don't think Kingsbury's at his point where he's going to start Duffy over Bowman or be flip flopping like this. Um, I think there's enough on the defensive line to kind of slow down your running game and then to kind of force the issue with Bowman throwing. And it's either going to be a bunch of short passes where the UH defense is going to eat them up or a lot of low percentage throws down the sideline to Wesley and Vasher, which those averages are bound to come down.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm see where you're going with this and I, th- I think I'm with you. Brian brought up the fact that Arizona had trouble getting the running game going. They only had 150 yards rushing. Uh, Rice, they held Rice to 147, so I know it's week three, but they've yet to allow more than 150 yards rushing in a game. I think for us to have a chance, Tech needs to get closer to 200 to kind of open things up a little bit and give them some breathing room, but if if they're manhandling guys up front this much, I don't see that being as good of an option for us. Uh, and like you said, it it's just depressing to think about it just and to get too involved in. Uh, but I I don't see Tech coming away with a with a victory on this one uh, unless unless they just really. Solve something that no one has solved yet this year on this team. And it's such a small sample size, but I mean, they somehow, some way managed it all over last year at home in Houston. I don't know how they did it. Maybe they've cracked something and they can go back to that well and try to figure it out. But, uh, you know, getting Dante Thompson involved, I'm going to be paying more attention to that this, this week too because that. That kind of slipped by me. I'm not the biggest football IQ guy, as y'all can tell by the last 30 seconds I've spoken. But seeing him uh, get into the blocking scheme, I'd love to see him catch more passes when, I mean, I, I don't know. There's something about seeing a very large man catch a football. It's just, <laughs> it's inspiring. So that could help if they're able to do some blocking there. But I have to say, um, I'm, I'm going to... I would pick Houston to win this game at this point.
1: Brian, do you have anything to to change our minds?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll actually, for as, as much as a downer as I sounded, just because this is the, I was reading off of kind of like notes that I took during the game. Um, Houston definitely has liabilities. Uh, I think King is a, a large liability for them. we Tech has not had the best luck with uh, mobile quarterbacks in the past, but this is kind of a, a new-look Tech defense. And you kind of have to – it was really easy to, to throw your hands up in frustration against Ole Miss. But I think that there's a very good chance that the Tech D-line and, and linebackers can fluster King enough to, to get him to make some mistakes and his accuracy is suspect as is. So uh, I, I think you're definitely getting a few turnovers. Um and as far as the Tech offense goes, the one thing that the Tech offense has on Arizona and Rice is the receivers can block like nobody's business. And so if you're able to, even if you, you play that horizontal game, you're banking a lot of money on your receivers being able to hold their blocks, which I think is a very good possibility. So if that's how you loosen them up that the grunt game, maybe not necessarily just straight-up runs, but if you're able to get your screens to actually be effective, which Arizona's weren't against U of H – um, you've got a really good chance. You have got a foothold, and then you also have TJ Vasher, which uh, the closest Arizona had to that was their receiver uh, Poindexter, who made a few really good plays and was able to make some catches. But um, I I think with a with a Bowman with who's probably going to be starting, his accuracy is much better than Tate's. Uh, for as electric as Tate is to watch, um, if you can buy some time and you can you can hit one or two passes to Vasher or to uh to Wesley you've got a, a really decent shot um I think what could potentially change the look of the game uh, I don't think it'll be as ugly as last year's was with the, the low scoring uh miserable to watch uh I, I think it'll still be more or less a defensive struggle but Kendall Bryles is still uh vile and terrible and Kendall Bryles His offenses still get cute. Uh, They ran more than a few reverses against Arizona. They ran a tight end wheel route, if I remember correctly.
1: Uh, (laughs) But he scored on that untouched.
3: Yeah, which was gorgeous. And also, as soon as I watched it, I was like, there is a 0% chance we are not going to see a tight end run a wheel against Tech. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's as dire as I made it sound, I don't think it's going to be... As terrible, and that could be famous last words, but um, <laughs> I think Tech has a chance to. U of H is not an SEC team, and as much as we like to, you know, crap on the SEC and their pride and whatnot, a mid-tier SEC team can definitely hang on against, you know, a, a mid-upper tier uh, Big Twelve team. I think pretty handily. So yeah. <clears throat> this will be the big litmus test. And uh, I think Tech has a decent shot. And uh, this will probably change whenever I do our Friday post on taking <laughs> the planes. But I, I think, uh, I think Tech can eke out one.
2: I'm a, I'm a, I could change my mind too. I've been trying to stick with what I've said on the podcast on that, but.
1: Cause we did pick a win for this game. Didn't we?
2: We did. Yeah. You, you did. and I did at the beginning of the year.
1: Well, to, to back that up, the ESPN football power index has Texas Tech a seventy six point six percent win uh, predictor. Predictor. Matchup predictor. Seventy six point six in favor of Texas Tech to twenty three point four for Houston. That's not like a
2: It's pretty that's pretty heavy in our favor. That's a three mm-hmm. to one. They know how much we like cotton.
1: It is to celebrate Cotton Game, and apparently Houston was not on board with wearing their their home jersey. So Texas Tech will not be wearing white, right. as the fans will be. Which is just kind of odd. Douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing but douchery, douchebaggery. All right, so That's, that
2: H time does its own thing. We'll just we'll just say that Kendall Bryles made that decision solely on his own. So yeah, that it, probably, it's probably all about him, and we'll, not land, like, we'll land it all squarely on. So, Kendall, my friend Candle.
1: Okay, so I think Michael and I are, are are pretty nervous about this game. We picked wins just before the season started.
2: One thing that has me concerned too is Houston has, I mean, they rushed for almost three hundred yards last week.
1: Well, if you I mean if you remember the Bryles offenses, they they ran a ton.
2: Right, and I mean I I know our defense has improved, but. That's just going. That can just wear you down, if anything. And well, I, I, heard on Double T that they were getting plays off every twelve seconds. Yeah, on offense. So they're they're firing them down the field. Kendall, has the, the, got them moving.
3: And key to to Ole Miss's running success against us in in the the tech defense last year also is people just threw over the top. And our our run defense is actually pretty good through most games until teams can figure out, oh, you can just throw it on them and loosen them up. And once you do that, um, you just pop one right through the middle. And that's exactly what Ole Miss did. You know, that's how they got – that's how uh, Scotty for Ole Miss got most of his yards. It was uh, most way through the second quarter into the third quarter when they had started to throw over the top of us. So we had to kind of – dilute the box right And that's where they started to find purchase in there so
2: it's i think it's i'm, I'm excited about the game still i um you know the old Miss game was just such a kind of a soul crush and then mm-hmm. the lamar game was one of those that was it was entertaining for what it was but and, and
1: we all talked about like you wouldn't be able to learn anything but and not you try not to drink the Kool-Aid, but when you beat somebody seventy-seven to zero,
2: yeah, it makes you rethink things a little <laughs> bit. Especially that the shutout stat. I mean, that's that's huge. That shouldn't be uh, discarded. But I, this is this is just kind of exciting because these teams, uh, they seem pretty evenly matched, and uh, I, I really think it's going to be a good football game. I'm, I'm looking forward to a non-blowout football game. Uh, that that, we, that we win, you know, I would love it to be a win, but uh, just a, you know, a three to seven point victory or, you know, margin of victory, that's going to be a much better than 20 or 77.
1: It was three points last year after you gave up 14 in the fourth.
2: Right. Yeah,
3: two. I believe King was the quarterback that came in and scored on us. You're exactly right, yeah. Mm,
1: if that, I if, think it was Potsma. Was it? I thought it was King. Was it? It, it, it was. It, it was, could be
3: Cosma, yeah. Cosmo. I, I forget. I was Cosmo. having a heat stroke while I was in the stands at that game, so I don't remember.
2: Did, did you cramp up, Brian?
3: I did not have near enough pickle juice. Uh, I had way too much uh, vodka sparkling water.
2: Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. That, that's what you use to make pickles, I think. Oh, yeah, sure, exactly. Sure. Yeah, that's pre. Just, that's pre pickle juice. I, I jumped the gun. Yeah, I skipped a few steps. S- some people like their cucumbers better pickled. You just got to get the get the cucumbers in there earlier. Yeah. Next.
1: So I wanted to I wanted to kind of move on to our, our listener questions. Unfortunately, with our main listener question submitter on the podcast, we only have one this week. However, it's a point I wanted to bring up as we were talking about the Houston game.
2: We have we have a second one by the way too oh. because Sean Dillon replied to Brian with his own questions, so oh that's right I, I, and I've got that pulled up and I love I,
1: how, how we have like local radio hosts submitting questions to some Joe blow podcast yeah <laughs> we'll World World take wide, it baby worldwide here we go. it's great um so Adam uh, asks if you had to bet your life is tech over under five point five wins this year betting my life, I'm going under
2: I'm, I am too what Brian? about you Brian the line, the thing the line is five <laughs> and a half. <laughs> We and talked it's about your this life. earlier. I've
3: already asked to be launched to the sun. i live a little. Yeah, I'll, I'll say six wins. There you Seven are. Seven is a little extreme, but I mean six is – this is the week. Uh, this is the kind of the, the put up, shut up week. Which if is, we don't yeah. win against U of H, it's not good. But
1: Kansas State is for sure exposed. Oh, they're
3: uh, awful. Yeah,
2: no kidding.
3: I'm shocked that Oklahoma or that not Oklahoma State Iowa State lost to Iowa. I thought that was going to be a a lock to have Iowa State win. And granted, that was their first game of the season because their first got canceled. Well, and so, they they uh, only had a field goal. That was it.
1: Yeah. And if you listen to the Solid Verbal podcast, that game was the epitome of the crockpot. You put it on low, and you just it just simmers. I don't even know
2: if it was on low. I think it was on warm.
1: No. Yeah, it was on warm. Like there was no so, there was no. Nothing happening.
2: I kept watching that, waiting for something exciting to happen, and it finally did at the very end when Iowa finally they 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 got into the end zone. The state of Iowa finally got yeah, into so, the end zone.
1: So Dan <laughs> does like dramatic readings of like the drive charts, or whatever.
2: Oh, in solid verbal. Yeah.
1: So like this game, it was like punt, 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 turnover, punt, punt, touchdown, end of half. <laughs>
2: I'm
3: uh, I I'm just Morgan uh, Dan Rubenstein.
2: Yeah, I I'm, I'm just still ready for the uh the calls for tech to hire Matt Campbell to to oh, depend the STP comments <laughs> because uh you know I'm I'm just ready. This is gonna be some good ammo for me on that. And give the guys he's he's been there two years. Come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so if if you don't win this if Texas Tech does not win this game against Houston, that – 6 or 7 game prediction is out the window.
3: Yeah, you you might be able to pull 6 if you just do some ridiculous Yano Estacado voodoo.
2: Yeah, well we would have but, to get Tech would have to get their best conference record in I don't know how many years for yeah. that to happen.
3: You'd have to pull a win oh, from somewhere that you have not just had a win under the Kingsbury era, really.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Which would be Oklahoma State. Iowa You'd State. Have
3: to, you have to finally put the dagger in Oklahoma. I think we've gotten close a few times, just haven't done it. Um, it's nice to beat UT consistently. <laughs> yeah. But,
1: uh, Which, how bad they're looking, you may be on on the plus side on that one, especially having them at yeah. home this year.
3: Yeah.
2: And so, Tulsa Tulsa missed three field goals and still and and and, and still te- beat Texas.
1: Yeah, by seven. So. Texas is back, <sighs> folks. Back to sucking. T- tell
3: you what, I'm whiffing on that prediction too because i i think herman's a great coach and uh maybe it's just a just don't leave u of h like if you're a good coach at u of h just stay at u of h because someone backfired uh my beloved cliff uh things haven't gone the best (laughs) and uh herman is just man he's just there aren't enough p charts in the world to, (laughs) to to buff the the scuffs on on that suck
2: so i wonder if he has like i wonder if he has a an ibu chart next to the p chart (laughs) just for guys guys who want some more hops yeah more hops in the beer uh okay defense said need to be more bitter (laughs) uh yeah brian you did get you got two questions from sean Dillon he replied to your tweet this afternoon or this evening uh First question is, what surprises you the most about this Cougar team?
3: Uh, I'd say number one that surprised me is the size of the defensive line uh, around Ed Oliver. Um, I was fully expecting Ed to be one of the bigger guys, and he was definitely a presence. But like I said, whenever um, 98, Peyton Turner, like, walked on the field, I was just kind of – my jaw kind of dropped as to how much bigger he was. Do not make eye contact.
2: Do not make uh, eye contact.
3: Yeah, the, the second was, I wasn't expecting the speed from that U of H wide receiver court. Um, I figured they'd be fine, but I mean, they like when they want to hit the afterburners, they definitely were beating those Arizona corners. And so um, that's, uh, you know, we'll see kind of how they compare against the tech defense, but Against like that Arizona defense, I mean, they were they were big and they were fast. So,
2: his his second question kind of leans into some of the stuff you may have already mentioned just then, it, which is, what's the biggest worry for you for Saturday's game?
3: I th- I think it's Deshaun Johnson's status. Um, ah, that's, that's I feel fair. much better with him playing center field. If uh, if if Kendall's going to try to try to go deep on you, um. But if, if Deshaun's not back there, it's going to be a huge, huge test for those corners because Octavius Morgan's out for the year, so that's one of your starters. Um, so it'll that, that secondary is what worries me, but I'm, I'm heartened by the fact that I think that if we dial up some blitzes uh, and Gibbs gets a little wicked with that defensive line, we should be fine because I don't, if Dakota Allen's proven really good at containing, uh, mobile quarterbacks, uh, year right. least has been back. And, uh, I think our defensive line can get some pressure and, and flush King out. And with that accuracy, this is all kind of a repeat of, of what I've said before, just kind of distilling it down. But if you can get King out of the pocket, um, you have a good chance of him making a mistake. And, uh, I, I think that will be the difference on Saturday.
2: That's that's,
1: can't disagree.
2: No, because uh, I mean he only he had fifty percent completion rating in a blowout game. Uh, You know that's there's a lot of points that could have still been carved up or a lot of guys getting some stats. So I, I think you bring up a great point with his accuracy issues and possibly getting hurried and maybe making some. Maybe not bad decisions as in turnovers, but maybe throwing it away when he probably he might have had a guy open somewhere that he didn't see. Yeah. Uh,
3: when he missed, he missed. Yeah, so.
2: it was it was a it was a big whiff. So maybe if if we can get some pressure on him, um, and you know we were able to, I think they were. I think Tech got a little bit of pressure on Ole Miss. I don't know how much, but they definitely did against Lamar. So how about that, y'all? Yeah.
3: And uh, if I remember correctly. Young Kindle has only had one season against a uh, Gibbs defense. That's true. So I believe he was on, uh, un- did he stick with Baylor for that uh, 2016 season? I don't remember. It, it, you, you know what Keith? I think,
1: uh, you no. did. I thought I thought he, he uh, was at FAU 2016.
3: Was it? Ah, uh, okay. So he he was with uh, Lane the train. Wait, he was wait.
2: with Lane. No, but that was just well,
3: last year.
1: That was last year.
3: That's 2017. Yeah, I think he so yes, stayed. He
1: was he was there 2016. Because
3: that was so. A, yeah, he's he's only had one season.
1: I think that was a point of
2: contention. Was that you know Bryles got fired, but Kendall was still there. The rest there, of the staff and was still his there. Defensive yeah. coordinator was still there. You know his, his the rest That's of the right, yeah. staff was still there that that season.
3: Yeah. So we'll. I mean, we'll see. I mean, um, it's kind of like the Bryles has seen. The tech offense, plenty. Um, the tech defense, still relatively new look, possibly to him. I mean, there's plenty of film out there, but you know, it's you know, you feel a little more uncomfortable whenever it's someone that you've played for six or seven years and knows all the ins and outs goes to a new place and is able to, you know, even if they're
1: with a new team, they the books written on you from there. Like their Baker Mayfield so, giving his new team the hand signals. Yeah, exactly to the defensive like that. staff.
2: <laughs> Who? No that, that that was a that was a little off a little off sides, sorry, <laughs> all
1: right, so I guess we're all kind of looking forward anxiously to this game um it's, it's gonna su- tell us a lot good s- or bad sounds like like we'll actually have some s t p staff at the game. I think Michael's trying to locate some tickets uh Keith is trying to locate a babysitter. <laughs> I will be there for a work capacity for like all of five minutes, and then I will seek out the McDonald's and the Patricks. Yeah, we should hang out. I'm probably gonna try to sneak into the post game press conference too. I'm not sneak in. I have a media oh, pass. I'm, I'm gonna oh, walk in. Man, I'm gonna walk in. I'm gonna like hold my head up high with my camera, act like I'm there to do to do a job, and just listen.
2: And just just uh, that, raise your hand the people, here. And there. Do the people know about
1: that? They do know. <laughs> Um, let's move on to cord cutting corner. Michael's got some some updates there. Unfortunately, some some blips in service, it looks like.
2: A little bit. Uh, this I always say it's going to be quick, so I'm not even going to pretend this time. Um, <laughs> Over-the-air channels at the house will sometimes come and go when a car drives by. I've, I've learned that. That hasn't been too too big of an issue, but it does happen. That's so strange.
4: It is strange. Is that through Hulu?
2: No, no. This is just uh, – you know, I've got oh, a, like H-
3: a digital antenna.
2: Yeah, just an HD antenna hooked up to watch uh, NBC or Fox or ABC or something.
3: So, so real quick, sorry, I don't want to interrupt it. But... No, go ahead. Uh, did the Hulu Live for me, we get the local channels through Hulu Live, so we don't have to use a digital antenna. Does that is not the same in Lubbock?
2: I don't get all of them. I think I only get NBC through Hulu Live here. huh. I I could go back and check and make sure, but I think it's only NBC. I know it's not CBS. I get CBS Sports, uh, which is what I was going to get to as well. I mean, when a car drives by and it kind of blips, all right, it's not the end of the world for me. I, I can live with it. Uh, but I can just
1: imagine you watching a game, like a very tense moment. It's coming up. You hear a car coming on the street. You start screaming, no!
0: "Stop the car!"
1: <laughs> and of course, it's going to drive by right as like the quarterback releases the ball. Like it's in midair. It I have no idea the, what just happened.
3: The answer to this is sit next to an open window with a paintball gun. If something <laughs> goods about to happen. You just let loose on the street.
2: <laughs> then they just start, they, they crash into the mailbox. I don't care. I got to see the play.
3: Yeah, exactly. it probably be some. The odds that it's actually your mailbox that gets hit, relatively low. He
1: does have it's a fair. lot of people that park on the street. So
2: someone hit the door on my mailbox, and I have one of those mailboxes that's in a, it's it's in the the brick thing. <laughs> And so I don't know how to. I, I had to had to bend it to get the door to shut. I don't know. Whoever did this really jacked up their car. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. And th- they just snagged the door, and it just. I just can imagine how bad their car looks. Whenever I get mad about my door being messed up, and I'm like, okay, I think this is the universe is going to even us out here. Uh, but yeah, I, I could I could deter it a little bit. I mean, if they hit that mailbox, they're probably going to just stop. And then that car will be there for a while and block more traffic. So it's even better. I could just close yeah. the road down, act like there's a street dance out there.
1: But see, like the, uh, y- your neighbor up the street may have an issue with you closing down the street.
2: Oh, yeah, because he needs He's access dealing. to make his deals. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever those deals are, we don't know. Yeah,
1: because uh, Michael's wife actually had an interesting point that it maybe not be as nefarious. nefarious – yeah, that sounds good. Oh, by the way, I you would not believe how many people corrected my pronunciation of sous vide. I was one of them. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh, who cares? Get over hey, it." Y'all, y'all
3: really should do an entire podcast where Skippable comes on
1: oh, and I know.
3: Uh, just proselytizes about uh, the wonders of sous vide because he's he's. I'm very close to getting my own little sous vide machine because I am
2: my my friend Rusty swears by it. I mean, and he knows how to cook. He's he's always yeah. been a good cook, and his his parents are good cooks. I mean, I, I I don't need to knock it till I try it. And I tried not to knock it last week. I just can't imagine myself doing it just yet because I have I have the smoker set up and all that, and I I really like the way I do it now. But man, I would I would try it, uh, especially you know, having everybody talk about it. With high, high regard.
1: Speaking of high regard, so Michael's invited all of us Lubbock STPers over to his house for the A game that's coming up. I don't want to give it away. So, so you all can't crash the house. (laughs) Looking forward to like trying to figure out how to get like six people on the podcast that that evening.
2: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of words said.
1: It'll be a, it'll be a hoot. I'm also looking chaos. forward to all the meat wait. that will be consumed.
2: Yeah, there will be. I'm, I'm still working on the menu. Um, I, I kind of want to. I don't want to disclose that either until I may, I may disclose it live to you next week, so you can <laughs> you can hear it and I can see your reaction.
3: <laughs> Do uh, like a reveal? Yeah,
2: it's gonna... like like
3: when they when they reveal the uh, the playoff committees, like uh, top teams and stuff like that, where it's like a two-hour segment,
1: and like it's like 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 starting at hour one. Like, sorry. 1 hour 55 minutes into the program they announce 4 to 1 in like 30 seconds.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get Reese
2: Davis it'll be great. Yeah. Or or with the uh with the third pick in the draft
3: we've
1: selected <laughs> smoked the barbecue pick wings is in. All right. Is there is there anything else we want to close on before we we head out to view this Houston Houston. I keep saying Houston. I'll probably get roasted for that too.
2: What what do you say, what do you mean?
1: I'm saying what weird.
2: Oh oh <laughs> I'm saying Houston.
3: Whiskey. Houston's <laughs> fine. As long as you're not saying Houston, Houston like those weird New Yorkers Houston. do. Are you serious? Do people
2: actually say Houston? So I, I've actually yeah, got if cousins. Ever someone say Houston Street, it's Houston. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my, that's nuts.
1: My wife's cousin's last name is H O U S T O N, so Houston. Yeah. Pronounced Houston. Oh, give me a break. No. So all right. If that's if that's gonna be it, let's let's wrap this up. Um we are like I, I guess again, really quickly, anxiously awaiting this this game this weekend to see what we've got in the two thousand eighteen Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um about seven thirty, eight o'clock Saturday night, I think we'll have a pretty good idea about how the rest of the season's gonna go. Um I I don't even know. I'm, like, excited but, like, <laughs> <laughs> worried. I'm going to be, like, like driving over to Michael's house and be like, what are we going to do?
2: Yeah, the the, the Ole Miss game was pure excitement and a little bit of nervousness, but this game is – This is dread almost. I, I think almost. it's – Yeah. Hey, that's,
3: that's why they play the games, y'all.
2: We don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Nope, nope. Anything could happen. Anything could happen on Saturday.
1: So we want to thank Brian for joining us. Finally, I think we've talked about this since we started the podcast about having that Brian on. Might have on. been
0: the first or second
3: episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have everybody on. It, and was, Brian very, and it was very. It was very quickly. Yeah, and like Brian's been like the last one we've we've had on. Um, thank you, Brian, for for making time for us tonight on our a little bit longer than usual episode, especially when we went 21 minutes talking about chicken tenders and appropriate jokes. <laughs> I, I would not change it. Chicken
3: I chicken tendies. Tendies. Uh, I, I, I regret nothing. Thank you guys uh, for having me. I apologize to you and to all the listeners for being myself.
2: Hey, no, <laughs> and, uh, no, no. This was great. Uh, oh, uh, shout out your uh, your Twitter, your Twitter for us.
3: Oh, uh, I am at b underscore don carlos. I think so. Uh, if you want to just really trash up your timeline, it's like the the Pacific uh, plastic. Floating Trash Island. That's my Twitter feed. He's, so
2: he's a great follow, y'all. Don't don't okay.
1: let
3: it, don't let him
2: scare you away.
1: You, you need to tell everybody what your name on Twitter is. So not not your handle, but like what the account name says currently. We need
2: we uh, actually I'm, need like I'm, your last three names.
3: Yeah. Uh, so uh, three names ago, or two names ago, I was launched me into the sun. Uh, still applicable. Uh, then I became the Khalil Tate fan account very late on the first weekend of College Football Saturday, and then for, or the first College Football Saturday. Then probably about the end of the first quarter of the <laughs> U of H Arizona game, I quickly switched to Khalil Tate Mourner account.
2: The writing was uh, on the wall that early. Yeah,
3: yeah I, am, I am currently wearing all black. Uh, my sweet son Khalil uh, has left this mortal plane. Uh, he'll he'll be great at selling insurance one day because Kevin Sumlin forced him into that profession. Oh man! But uh, all the best to him. Love you, Khalil. See you on the other side. See, this
2: is what you'll get. This is what you'll get if you follow at b underscore Don Carlos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course, Michael, you were at l s r
2: 7 I should probably change that someday because it is such an old reference to an old website I'm no longer on. But uh, that's where I am. Where it's a lot of takes on chicken tendies and, and so forth. Chicken tendies.
3: That's... I'm so glad that Tindies has found a foothold because that <laughs> is growing. the correct thing to call chicken
1: tenders. It's growing.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> I'm getting on board completely.
1: Of course, I'm at punts suck, which they still do, even if Dominic Panizolo averages 46 yards a punt. Although I should I, have been forty-seven, I did hear a lot of people call him Domin- Dominique. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> it's it's cool it on that." Hey,
3: <laughs> real quick aside, I know we're wrapping up, but U of H has an Australian punter who's insanely charming, off the charts charming. Oh. Like they put him on multiple uh, commercial break videos in the stadium.
1: Yes, the punter doing the promos.
3: Yeah, That's no, and mess. he has like a super Australian name. I forget what it is. Um, with any luck, you'll hear it multiple times on Saturday, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, he's man, he could have taught me into a date. He was, fun. <laughs> he was charming.
2: He had all the right moves.
3: He did. And he was a pretty decent punter.
2: Well, that's, that's what I look for in a date.
3: That's what I look for in an Australian. Uh,
2: yeah. You know, knife size two. Can you punt one?
1: Wait, wait, so yeah. it's uh Dane Roy.
3: Dane oh. Roy. I'm pretty sure he was an extra in one of the Crocodile Dundee movies.
1: So, first off, he's six foot seven, two hundred and forty pounds, and he's twenty-eight years old.
3: <laughs> that is some
2: that are some interesting facts. Facts he's, factoids for you.
3: He's, he's almost bigger than that defensive is. end that I was talking he's about. He's taller. And <laughs> the only reason I'm probably not talking about Dane more is because he was barely on the field on Saturday.
2: Yeah, if you if you saw Dane wallow out there on the field, all six, seven of them, my gosh.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, when you have size like that, you have to keep them separate from the emu farms. The punter farms and the emu farms have to kind of be uh, far apart on the farm down in Australia because they get into it.
1: So I, I've just Lots decided if Texas Tech wins on Saturday, my account name will be the Dane Roy fan account pretty good. <laughs> there we go because that means that we would probably have seen him f- a fair amount
2: yes and we might be impressed with his skills super super hey, original i know
3: yeah. okay. never venerate your enemies unless they're ed oliver or australian punters
1: dane roy wow. what what a way to what a what a parting shot there brian <laughs> all right so I want to thank everybody for sticking with us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Thanks again to Brian for joining us. Michael, as always, holding down the co-host spot. Check back again with us Saturday evening after the game for our Instant Reaction Podcast. Uh, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us.
4: you'll have to share that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at american
5: express.com slash with amax the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to carvana it doesn't get any better than this your favorite seat's the best spot in the house make it even better by entering your license plate or vin and getting a real offer in minutes there really is no place like home and speaking of home carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer